0: Today, we have a a very special uh, class. Um, It's special because a couple of things. Number one, it's dedicated in memory of my dear cousin, Rose, who was like her name. She was a real Rose. When she was around, everything was shining around her. And the topic is related to her and her family, who are, uh, she was a living. Example of the Haftal Hakamoha, as were her dear parents, alay mashallah. And this class should be a, an aliyah for her nishamash. her soul should have an uplift from this class because they were living, her family were living principles of reha kamokha So this class dedicated in her memory of Rose her and Aliyah. So I'm talking, I'm talking today about the mitzvah of the hafta l'recha kamocha, even though really it was a mitzvah that, apply, that we learned about in the Torah and Parsha kidoshim, which was a good couple of weeks ago. And it's also a Parasha which is applicable to the three weeks. That's why I picked this topic that is tremendously applicable during the three weeks because we know that the second temple was destroyed because of needless hatred needless hatred and the needless hatred is the total opposite of what we're going to talk about today what the Torah says after Josephus writes that when the Romans came and besieged Jerusalem says that they saw blood coming from under the walls of Jerusalem in other words the Jews in Yerushalayim were actually killing each other it was terrible hard to imagine that that uh, They are being besieged by the Romans, and they had nothing better to do but kill each other. There were so many different kinds of sects of Jews at that time who didn't get along. And they were fighting each other and killing each other while the siege of of Yushalayim was going on. Hard to imagine. Hard to imagine. It says one group burned the other group's food so that the other group would starve. And the other group burned their food as well. So It was like a tit-for-tat. And one group outdid the other group in their cruelty. And imagine, the, and the Romans were besieging Yerushalayim while the Jews were fighting inside. It was—it's hard to imagine. That's tremendous, needless hatred. Total needless hatred for each other. They didn't have compassion on each other. They didn't have sympathy with each other, and they definitely didn't love each other. So we are going to talk about this—the tikkun. The tikkun for the three weeks is respecting each other, getting along with each other, loving each other. And as the, you know, it's a very amazing statement, but it's so hard to fulfill in real life. It's very easy to say, love your friend as yourself, or according to mistranslation, love your neighbor as yourself, love your friend as yourself, the Torah says. Now, what's interesting is, this is not just a mitzvah in the Torah. Rabbi Akiva makes it it's a tremendous general rule of the Torah. In other words, it's a general rule that goes through all mitzvot between man and man. It's not just a specific mitzvot which applies in certain situations. It's a mitzvah that applies in every part of our relationships with human beings. Every part of our relationship with human beings should be guided by this general rule, Rabbi Akiva says. A general rule. The general rule is, love your friend as yourself, which we have to discuss. It seems like a very broad, and that's what Rabbi Akiva says, a very broad broad rule. It's not just a specific mitzvah. For example, the mitzvah of uh, sukkah is a specific mitzvah. You go and sit in the sukkah for s- seven days on Sukkot. Outside Israel, eight days. A specific mitzvah of a man wearing tefillin every morning. Okay, it's a specific mitzvah. Here, the l'rech haka kamocha applies to every single mitzvah, which is a mitzvah between a human being and another human being. So, for example, a person gives tzedakah. Where is the mitzvah tzedakah in the Torah? And the answer is, hafta l'rech The Torah says to give your friend a loan. Now, when you give your friend a loan, you're not just performing a mitzvah of giving a loan to a poor person. Or person in need, but it's also the mitzvah, fully the mitzvah of the haftalarecha kamocha. So it's a klal, it's a mitzvah that goes right through our relationships. Any mitzvah to do with relationships, marriage, the haftalarecha kamocha applies so much in marriage. Loving a ger, loving a, a convert, a Jewish convert, a non Jew who became a Jew. Is a mitzvah of loving a convert, but a person also fulfills the underlying mitzvah, the general mitzvah of loving a fellow uh, Jew. So it's a very important mitzvah that goes right through all relationships. And that's what Rabbi Kiva means when he says it's a general rule. It's not just a mitzvah, it's a general rule. It's a mitzvah that is a thread that goes right through all mitzvot between man and man. And that's that's what we're going to talk about today. This is such an amazing mitzvah. It's such an amazing, powerful mitzvah. It's so powerful that it's every time you do a mitzvah with another person that involves another human being, there's a mitzvah underlying mitzvah. You're fulfilling this mitzvah of after rehakamocha. So a person say smiles at someone and makes their day by smiling at them, um, is fulfills this mitzvah. The which we're going to talk about exactly how does this work? What uh, what does this mitzvah encompass? So it pretty much encompasses everything. Um, I'm going to start off really from the back end, really, because this is a beautiful Rambam that is hard to find in the Rambam because it's right towards the end. It's right near the end of Rambam's Mishnah Torah, just before he starts talking about Mashiach. It's interesting, we talked about Mashiach for the last couple of weeks. And before that is the laws of mourning. Now, this is amazing. The laws of mourning, which is about the three weeks, the three weeks which we're in now, are really national mourning. We're in we national mourning, especially this last week in Tisha B'Av, Sunday. By the way, Tisha B'Av falls on Sunday. Normally, the, the, the night before Tisha B'Av, we have a Sudam Seket before the fast starts at sunset. We have a Sudan Monseki, which is a, the final meal before Tisha but sits on the floor. We have a hard boiled egg. This year doesn't apply. It does not apply when the day before Tisha B'av falls on Shabbat. A person is allowed to have Sudash Klishit, a regular third meal on Shabbat. And the Gemara says, just like one of the meals of Shlomo Amelich. Imagine the meal. <laughs> hard to imagine what meal. Shlomo Amelich is a king. We have the best food you can imagine on this table. You can fill your table with food on Erev B'av, which falls on Shabbat. So this Shabbat, we're enjoy ourselves Erev B'av, not allowed to have any morning at all. This uh, is the especially. We reject any kind of morning on the, the Shabbat, Before even the Shabbat before B'av, You're allowed to have a fantastic meal on Sudash M'shi. Just make sure you end before sunset. Just make sure you end before the sunset. But as I'm saying, is it's this three weeks. as signs of more national mourning for the destruction of our holy temple. And uh, part of the crying is we don't even know what we lost. We have no idea what we lost. We've never seen the Vedic Dajna, been inside the Beit Dajna. If you've been close enough, you get to the Kotel. You see thousands of Jews praying over there every day. But we have no kind of... Uh, imagination even. What is it like to be inside the Beit HaMikdash, to see holy people walking around there, the Kohanim, uh, God's messengers in this world, to hear the Birkat Kohanim in the Beit HaMikdash, to see the face of the ho- of the holiest person on the holiest day of the year, the Kohen Gadol, on Yom Kippur, we don't have any connection today. We have no idea what we're missing. Um, when we miss the Beit HaMikdash, we cry for the Beit HaMikdash. We don't even know what we're crying for anymore. And that's something we have to cry for. We're, we're crying because we don't know what we're crying for. Uh, anyway, so what is the tikkun for this destruction of the second temple? And one of the big tikkun, one of the things we can fix to get back to the temple is this concept of uh, Haftal Reach Kamokha. The Arizal says, and every morning when a Jew before he prays shacharit, he should say, Hareni I accept upon myself the mitzvah of the mitzvah of loving my fellow Jew as myself. And he says, What does that mean? I will love him with all my soul and all my might. That's a very, very powerful. Message which is very hard to do. We're going to see a tremendous debate between the greatest authorities on what this means. How do you fulfill this mitzvah of the after Rech So let me go directly to this Rambam. As I mentioned, the laws of mourning of all places. He brings down the mitzvah of the after Rech And he's, look what he says. He said, the mitzvah from the rabbis, Levaker Cholim, to visit the sick. That's interesting because there's no specific mitzvah in the Torah, you think that the Torah would give a mitzvah of visiting the sick. It doesn't say specifically in the Torah to visit the sick. However, it does bring a story at the beginning of Roshit, where Abraham Avid had his Brit Milah, he was sick, and it says, Vayera elav Hashem mamre, that Hashem appeared to him in the fields of Mamre, and Rashi says over there, Hashem came to visit Abraham who was sick. We see Hashem giving an example in the Torah of visiting the sick, Um, You can argue that this is even more powerful than a mitzvah. Sometimes a role model is best. Hashem is acting as a role model to visit the sick. Amazing concept. Hashem himself visits the sick. How much more so we have to visit the sick. So it's a tremendous lesson for all of us. If Hashem can visit a sick person, we have to visit the sick person. Anyway, the rabbis did not leave it to a person's imagination. They said, we are making a positive mitzvah, rabbinical mitzvah to visit the sick. Nachem abelim. To comfort mourners, a person who is mourning for a relative, one of the seven relatives, father, mother, sister, brother, son, daughter, husband, spouse, uh, wife, husband. Those are the seven relatives which we mourn for. It's a mitzvah to go and comfort them. How does a person comfort relatives? And the answer is you comfort someone just by your presence, not by making jokes and not by smiling, but just for presence and let them unburden themselves to you ask questions about who was the deceased, what were they like, what they do, and let that person unburden themselves. It's not a mitzvah to talk in a house of the mourning. There's a tremendous mitzvah to listen, to sit in empathy, empathize, and listen. He says, this is a mitzvah from the rabbis, to take out the deceased, and to go to weddings and make the bride and groom happy. It's a very important mitzvah. If you're invited to a wedding, Don't just sit there and eat, dance, and make the bride and groom happy. Dance and sing and make the bride and groom happy. to accompany guests when they leave your house. To carry a deceased person's coffin, to go in front of the person, to uh, eulogize the person, to dig a grave, to bury a person and to make a Khatan and Kappa and Kala happy, as we mentioned, and give them all their needs and requirements. And he, then he says, all these things are what we call acts of kindness. Gimilut chasadim. The famous Mishnah Peah says these mitzvot have no size, there's no quantity. One of the mitzvot which has no quantity is Gimilut chasadim. Acts of kindness have no quantity. There's no limits to acts of kindness. A person can do as many acts of kindness every single day as a person wants. It's a very powerful idea, doing an act of kindness. Uh, uh, Avigda Miller, who was my my mother's favorite (laughs) rabbi, she had all his tapes, and uh, he says every day a person should do an act of kindness that nobody knows about. Every single day we should try and find an act of kindness that nobody knows about. So what does he recommend? He says he would take out the garbage without his wife knowing. So once a day, he would take out the garbage or, or find some kind of mitzvah, even putting money in a pushka, putting money as tzedakah every single day with no one watching, with no one seeing this way. It's between. It's a pure mitzvah. It's the shame shamayim. There's no one watching. It's not done to advertise. It's a pure mitzvah. That's a secret of, success in Judaism is doing mitzvot without everyone knowing and without everyone's fanfare, no fanfare, no public fanfare. A private mitzvah is worth much more than a public mitzvah. Not to say a person shouldn't do public mitzvot, but a person should try and do private mitzvot as well. Uh, So when no one's watching, do a certain mitzvah, when no one's around. And this way, that's a true mitzvah. That's altruistic, purely altruistic. The Rambam says all these things are considered mitzvah of Gimirut chasadim. Now, where do we learn this mitzvah of Gimirut chasadim? Imagine you buy a poor person who can't afford it a suit of clothes. That is a tremendous mitzvah, Malbish Aromim. That's the mitzvah of giving a person who is naked clothes. Person can't afford to buy a pair of shoes. You buy a person a pair of shoes. That's amazing mitzvah Oh, Malbish Aramim that Hashem gives us these these, uh, abilities to give to others. That's a tremendous uh, mitzvah of Giblut Hasadim. Where does this mitzvah of Giblut Hasadim come from? And the answer is, from We learn out all acts of kindness. All acts of kindness are under this general heading. Now we can understand Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says zeklal gadol b'torah. This is the general rule of the Torah. What is a general rule? A general rule is a, a heading under which we have all the subheadings of chesed, of kindness, acts of kindness. So every single act of kindness that a person does during the day is under fulfilling this mitzvah of the haftal tamocha. A person who smiles at someone, a person who helps someone, a person who helps someone cross the street. You know, in Yushalayim, the kids, they walk alone to school. It's amazing to see these little kids, five-year-old kids walking to school alone. And sometimes they got to cross the road and they don't want to cross the road by themselves. They just wait there. They wait for someone to come and help them. Tremendous mitzvah to help someone cross the road. You know, once I saw an old lady with a pushing this heavy shopping cart and she could barely push it. So a person should stop by and ask, do you need help? Can I help you push the cart? That's a tremendous mitzvah of chesed. Where do we learn this mitzvah of chesed of helping someone? And the answer is, love your friend as yourself. Tremendous general rule, which is the guide for treatment of our fellow man a fellow human being, fellow Jew, which we're going to talk about. Does it apply to Jews? Does it apply to non-Jews? How does it apply? Does it apply to a friend? What kind of friend does it apply to? And we're going to discuss this in this class, with Rabbi Hashem uh, coming up in this class. But what Rambam tells us is, he's building up on Rabbi Akiva. All the acts of kindness, there's no specific mitzvah in the Torah to do acts of kindness. Hashem, again, is our role model. He provides clothes for Adam and Eve after they sin against him. He buries Moshe Rabbeinu. No one knows where Moshe Rabbeinu is buried. There's no one there to bury him. Who buried him? Hashem buries Moshe Rabbeinu. So Hashem is our role model for acts of kindness. Hashem created us purely altruistically. Amazing. Purely altruistically with no, no rhyme or reason that we know of. He gets nothing out of our creation. Hashem created the world altruistically. That's a tremendous act of kindness. Hashem is our role model, but I, and Hashem says, you know what? I'm going to put this in the mitzvah in the Torah. This is the preeminent mitzvah which guides acts between man and man, between human beings. Act, the mitzvah that guides between human beings is their We have to learn what that means, and we're going to talk about it right now. So where is this mentioned in the Torah? As I said before, it's in Parashat Kedoshim. Parshak Hiroshim is interesting because it's right in the middle of the Sefer Torah. It's right in the middle of the Sefer Torah. You know, once uh, there was a, a great rabbi. My privilege was to know this great man. Um, I've never seen such a humble, accomplished person in my life. I've never seen such a, an accomplished person who knew a lot of information. He was, trim- was a big intellectual, big philosopher. Um, a very multi-millionaire, rich man, born into a very rich family. Rabbi Suleiman Sasson, the famous Sasson family. They owned many manuscripts of the Rambam, and uh, they were—they uh, had a property in uh, in London, in England, uh, Letchworth, which was given assigned to them by the Queen of England, uh, Queen Victoria, and they had a knighthood. And anyway, so he was tremendously humble. So he said he had a very interesting. Uh, thesis that um, the most important messages say in this book of psalms In every psalm there's 150 psalms book of psalms he says the most important message is always the middle line of the psalm and you know I've noticed this also in the Mishnah and the Gemara sometimes if you open up the Mishnah and try and learn the, the Masekhed or the Mishnah you'll find that all the main concepts are already in the middle of the Mishnah or in the middle of uh, the Talmud uh, you have to learn the whole first section without knowing these general concepts. And the general concepts are in the middle of the book. So it's interesting. So the middle of the book of the Torah, the m- main concepts of the Torah, are right in the middle of the Torah. Where is the middle of the Torah? Parashah Kedoshim, the Parasha which deals with holiness. And in that parashah is this mitzvah of Rehavta, Rehach HaKamokha. And uh, so what does it mean? So first, the, the Torah says, loti kom loti tore b'nei Tremendously hard mitzvah. Don't take vengeance on people, on your people, on the children of your nation, which applies other Jews. Don't take vengeance on other people. Very hard not to take vengeance. It's a natural, it's a natural instinct to take vengeance. It doesn't say don't go to court. It says, don't take your, your, the rules into your own hands. Don't take the law into your own hands and take your own vengeance on these people, on your people, the sons of your uh, nation, which is other Jews. Don't take vengeance on the Jews. And then it says, we have And then it says, Ani Hashem. so there's three parts to this sentence. Let's try and examine them. The first part is don't take vengeance. There's two kinds of vengeance. The Talmud says. Number one is, you didn't lend me your your knife. I'm not going to lend you my hammer. Number two is, I'm not like you. You didn't lend me your hammer, but I'm not like you. I'm going to lend you my knife. I'm going to lend you my uh, lawnmower. And so that's number one. Don't take vengeance. And the other one is, love your friend as yourself. And then it says, I am Hashem. Why does it say I am Hashem? Which we have to examine these uh, parts of these. So according to the simple explanation, it's forbidden for a person to, Take vengeance on someone else who is a relative, a friend or a son of your nation, which is another Jew. And then it says, love your friends just like you love yourself, which we're going to talk about. What does that mean? Love your friend as yourself. Love your friend just like you like yourself. And then it says, I'm your I'm a shepherd," which implies that it's impossible to do this if you don't remember God. It's impossible to love another person without knowing who created you both. In other words, I love my my siblings because we have the same parents. So the same thing Hashem says, love other people because I am their creator as well. You are related to other people through me. Feel like you are their sibling. It's so hard to feel as if I'm a sibling to someone I don't even know. I'm a sibling to... An in-law, I'm a sibling to someone I don't really care about. Yes, we're all siblings. Every single person is a sibling, which we're going to talk about, because i I'm clear, imply only Jews, imply also non-Jews. are siblings, only Jews or also all humanity are siblings, in a sense. We're going to talk about that. So it seems like number one is you got to know there's a God to be able to do this bitter, because what connects us as human beings and the answer is we all have the same parent. We all have the same creator. We have a tremendous connector. And that is the same God that created you. is the same God that created me. We're all linked by our creator. We have the same parents. So we are all related. Therefore, much it's much easier now to be able to love someone who does not seem to have any bearing on us if we realize that really they are related to us. They're related to us through our creator. That's the... This, Important end of the verse: Ani Hashem, I am Hashem. Right? We're all related through God. We're all parts of God. Our souls come from God. Through our souls, we are related to each other, even though we cannot see it. All our souls are like a tree; it's Chayim, it's the tree of life. Our souls are parts of the, of the tree. If you can imagine every leaf from the tree; they're related to each other. Our souls are all related to each other. Our souls are all related. Some souls closer; they're on the same branch some souls on a different branch, but they're all from the same tree, all from the same creator, right? So the question now is, why does it say, this is Ramban's question, Ramban Nachmanadis, Moshe Ben Nachman asked this question. He says, really, it should say, Be'ahavta, etre kamocha. If it really meant love your friend as yourself, it should say, "etre <speaking> in Hebrew. Love your friend, etrecha. <speaking in Hebrew> It doesn't say etrecha. It says ve'hafta lereach. Love your friend. Love to your friend like yourself. Ve'hafta So Ramban has a different. So there's a big debate over here between the Rambam on one side, Ramban, and others on the other side. We're going to talk about it more in detail. But just the general idea is, number one, is the Rambam says, love your friend as yourself. That is the bottom line. You have to love your friend as you love yourself. Whatever you want for yourself, that's what you have to do for your friend. Just like you love your money, look after his money. Just like you love, say, your car, look after his car. Just like you love your house, look after his house. In other words, if you know, you see a burglar going to someone's house, you have to, you have to call. You have to call the police here. You have to care about others just like you care about yourself. That's the pshat of Be'aftal Going to Rambam. You care about yourself. You want other people to bury you, look after your funeral, comfort your mourners, so too. You have to do the same thing to others. Ramban says no, it's not exactly the same. Why? Because it doesn't say etrecha, it says liter, which implies it's not exactly like yourself. But what Ramban says is you have to wish other people like you wish yourself. You wish for yourself success, you wish for yourself good things. We should wish for other people good things as well. You know, it's interesting. Our prayers are in the plural. When we pray the Shon Esrei, Amida, three times a day, on weekdays, we actually pray in the plural. So we're praying for health for everyone, for all Jews around the world. Rofey, Amor Yisrael. Hashem should heal all his nation, Israel. When your person prays for other people, if you're filming this mitzvah of, after going to Ramban, especially, it says it's a wish, it's a prayer, just like you pray for yourself for things, pray for others as well, just like you wish for yourself good things, wish for others good things as well, don't wish them bad, wish them only good things, and we're going to talk more about them, um, but there's a famous Gemara, uh, about Hillel, the famous Hillel, Hillel the Great, you know, there's a couple of Hillels people don't realize it's uh, Hillel 1, Hillel 2, Hillel 3, one. Hillel 1, the original Hillel, the, great, the great-grandfather great of the second Hillel, was the great-grandfather of the third Hillel. So Hillel, the first, Hillel, it's called Hillel Hazaken, the Hillel the Elder, the one who had debates with Shammai all the time, Hillel the Elder says he was the prince of the Sanhedrin, he was a descendant of King David. And he's mentioned in the Mishnah, Avot. he's one of the Zagots. We've talked about him many times. We've talked about Prakir Avot. He says, one day, uh, a non-jew came to Hillel. First he went to Shammai. Shammai rejected him. He wanted the whole Torah on one foot. Teach me the whole Torah on one foot. What do you mean? <laughs> How can I teach you? you know? <laughs> Think about the vastness of the Torah. The Torah is vast. You know, If you learn Torah for hundreds of years, you probably won't get to the end of the Torah. It's just... The Torah is, by the way, that people don't realize the Torah is expanding every single day. How could the Torah expand every single day? Because more and more books are written about Torah topics every single day of the year. They're printing new books. Um, Every time you come along, I come along, go to the bookstore, you see brand new books on some kind or part of the Torah. He didn't even think about, you can write a whole book. What? I, it's one mitzvah. It's one line in the Torah. You can write a whole book. Yes, there are people who can write whole books about different topics in the Torah. So it's amazing. There's an encyclopedia called Encyclopedia Talmudit. I think when I last saw it, it was like 25 volumes. Just an encyclopedia about Talmud. And there's there are other encyclopedias. Before that, but this is like a comprehensive Talmudic encyclopedia that covers every single topic in detail, which is mentioned in Talmud. Amazing work, and it's still coming out. To, it's already been fifty years or more in the in the pr- mm-hmm. process, and they're still working on new editions and and new uh, volumes coming up on different topics. So it's amazing how much Torah there is, and uh, the rabbis expanded on the Torah every day. The Torah is expanding. So the the, the non-Jew came to Hillel. He went to Shammai first. He says, teach me the whole Torah on one foot so I can convert. And Shammai says, get out of here. can't teach the Torah on one foot. You're yeah, just making a mockery of the Torah. And then he went to Hillel. And Hillel says, sure, no problem, not a problem. What does Hillel tell this non-Jew? So it's a very interesting, he told him in Aramaic because that was the spoken language in those days. Ma'ad is sani alecha, I just want to translate what is uh, what you don't like, don't do to others. What you don't like, others do to you, don't do to others. That's what Hillel told this non-Jew came to convert. What you don't like, don't do to others. What you don't want others to do to you, don't do to others. This is the whole Torah and the rest, the commentary, go and learn. Go and learn the commentary. The whole Torah is don't do to others what you don't want others to do to you, that is the whole Torah. The rest is all commentary. That's wild. This is wild. Hillel is he's taking the whole Torah and he's boiling it down to the most important principle of the Torah and the most important principle of Torah which is according to Rabbi Kiva, Hillel, the teacher of the teacher of the teacher of Rabbi Kiva gives the negative, not the positive. Don't do to others what you don't want others to do to you. So it seems that the first step of loving someone like you love yourself is the negative aspect. Don't do to others what you don't do want others to do to you. So you don't want other people to scratch your car. Don't go and scratch someone else's car. By the way, someone, happened. someone just scratched my car with, I don't know, a key or something and uh so you can see a big mark on the on the bonnet like why do you do that would you like someone else to do that to you if you don't want others to do that to you don't do it to someone else so it's a very first grade level of the after, after we teach our children would you like someone else to do that to you so don't do that to others that is a very would you like someone else to come to your apartment and, and dirty the floor so don't go to someone else's apartment and dirty their floor etc cetera, etc cetera. Many expansions of this rule. Everything else is commentary. Can you imagine if a rabbi, orthodox rabbi would say that to someone today, that this is the only rule of the Torah, everything else is commentary. Let's say he's reformed. This is the great Hillel who is summing up using tremendous psychology. In other words, he knows what this person is looking for. This person is looking for a higher ethical way of living. Why would he want to come and find out what Judaism is all about? Because he's sick of paganism. He's sick of immorality. He's looking for something higher, something he can bite into, something he can chew into, some other kind of ethical system he can chew into. Hillel says, here we have an ethical system that you're looking for. This is the ethical system you're looking for. And the ethical system is a higher way of living with others, with society. It's a higher way of living with society. That's what, we're, that's what Hillel says. Everything else is rotating around this higher way of living in society. And this concept came from that's what the Shah says. This negative idea of don't do to others what you don't want others to do to you came from where else would it come from? So it's interesting the rabbis in the Talmud have done many things from this general principle. So number one it's forbidden Rabbi, Rabbi Huda says in the Talmud and now, what's fascinating is that if I want to marry a certain woman you can actually perform the ceremony through using a messenger. I don't advocate in the Gemara. We're going to see the Gemara says not to do this. It's obviously for emergency situations. Say it's a wartime or like now COVID and I can't actually make the wedding, but I want to marry this woman. I want to make sure she marries me. I doesn't marry anyone else. So what I can do is appoint a messenger far away who can give her the rig on my behalf. Now uh, The danger in that is that maybe the messenger will marry her herself, himself, and the person's going to lose. Anyways, there's many dangers over there of marrying someone, especially in those days where they had no WhatsApp and no uh, Zoom and no Skype, and there's no way they could see the person uh, themselves. So uh, uh, we don't allow this today. We don't allow people to get married through proxies. We don't allow marriage through proxy. But in the time of the Talmud, it was allowed. Rabbi Huda says, it's forbidden. From a person to get married through a messenger through proxy. Why? Without actually seeing the girl. For example, let's say Abraham Avinu. He tells his servant Eliezer, go and find me a wife. And Eliezer goes all the way to Haran and he finds a wife. Now, it's interesting. Abraham didn't say, go and marry her to Yitzhak. Go and be the messenger to marry her off. Abraham says, go and find me a girl. Bring her back. Yitzhak has to see her. Why does Yitzhak have to see her? So Rabbi Huda says it's forbidden to get married to someone without seeing them first. Why? Because of it. Why? Because if he didn't see her first and he'll marry her, then he won't like her, he's going to divorce her and that's going to cause her heart to be broken. That's not Ve'aftal Rehaka Mocha. is don't hurt someone's feelings. You're going to hurt their feelings. Don't do it. Don't get married without seeing someone, without liking them. And then later on, a person will say, you know, I didn't like her in the first place. I didn't like her because I didn't see her. And therefore, I'm not allowed to marry someone without seeing them first. Obviously, today we we know this and it's easy for us. And uh, it's forbidden to marry someone. Even a Hasidim who get married very fast, they have to actually see each other first. They have to be able to see each other first before they commit themselves. And they have to see. So why? Because of the the Aftar Reh, otherwise it's going to lead to heartbreak, which is the opposite of the the Aftar Reh. Even a person, imagine, look at this, a capital punishment, a murderer, taken out by the court, and he's sentenced to death, and someone has to kill him. The Talmud says, choose the least painful method of killing him. Choose the least painful method of disposing even of a murderer, why? You have to love your friend as yourself. Which seems to imply that since I wouldn't want anyone to do this to me, we can't do this to someone else, even a murderer. We can't even do this to a murderer. So it's interesting. That's a very interesting concept. The Gemara also discusses a, a father who is sick. And he, he, has, he needs surgery, and his son happens to be a surgeon, a top surgeon. He says, son, please... Can you do the surgery for me? And, you know, there's an interesting mitzvah in the Torah that a person is not allowed to cause a wound to their parents. It's a death penalty. It's a capital punishment in Jewish law for a person to cause bleeding to their parents. So the question is, can a doctor perform an operation on his parents? So ideally, no. Ideally, we say no. However, when the parent insists, please, Dad, please, son, please do the surgery on me, then... There's a mitzvah of uh, Haftar Rech Rav Matna says in the Talmud, and therefore the son would be allowed to do the procedure on his own parent, even though it's normally not allowed, um, because of the uh, Haftar Rech Kamuha, which applies especially to your parents, especially to relatives. The mitzvah of loving your friend as yourself applies especially to your spouse, who is called Re'i Mahuvim, we say one of the Brachot Seven Blessings, Re'i Mahuvim, beloved ones. Under the Chuppah, they beloved ones. The, the word Re'ah is interesting because there's two words in Hebrew for friend. One is a chaver. Here the Torah does not say we have to Le'chavercha, it's interesting. It doesn't use the word Haver. Haver implies someone you are close with, someone you have a bond with, someone you are connected with. It does not imply someone who you are not connected to. So the Torah uses the word of friend- who you're not connected to at all. A rea is not someone you're connected to. A chaver is someone who you are connected to. A chaver, we use the word chibur. comes from the word chibur, which is a connection. Chebra, uh, chabura, all these things are connections of friends. A chaver is a friend. A rea is not someone you're normally connected to. Uh, there's many Jews out there that you would normally not be connected to, that the mitzvah is to love them as well. So we have mitzvah to love each other, even though there's no connection at all. The only connection is we are created by the same creator. That's the bond that holds us together. We have to remember that. The bond that holds us together is we're all one large family. Why? Because we have the same parent. We have the same father in heaven who created us. And that's why we're one large family. And that's why we have to love each other. So a child will be allowed to perform surgery on his own father. If the father insists, I want you to do it. We have to reha Kamoh applies especially to one's parents and to our spouses and to our siblings, especially, number one priority. And then others around, you know, the cir- cir- uh, concentric circles. Societies are concentric circles. First, you, then your spouse, and then your family, your children, and your parents. And there's an interesting question: who comes first, your children or your parents? Big debate in Aruch. Who do you have to provide for first? So the Ramas says, your parents come first. That's the Ashkenaz opinions. The Shukranah says, your children come first. Why do your children come first? Because you brought them into the world and you have to provide for them. It's your responsibility. Since you brought them into the world, you have the responsibility towards them that you don't have towards your parents. You didn't bring your parents into the world. They brought you into the world. They have responsibilities to you. Your responsibility is to, to respect them and to honor them. Their responsibility to you is to provide for you. So rather share. my parents provided for us. And when we get to the age where we can provide for them, if they need it, we should provide for them. That's honoring parents. But it's interesting. So concentric circles, this concept, that's, that's my explanation. I haven't seen that anywhere. First come people around you and then people next door to you and then people around your circles, your community, uh, your uh, neighborhood. And then comes, we see this in the laws of tzedakah. Who do you give tzedakah? What's the priority to tzedakah? And the answer is concentric circles. So since the mitzvah of tzedakah is based also on the after rech uh, because we said it runs this right through, so it would imply the mitzvah of chesed also implies through concentric circles. People around you come first, the next circle, the next circle, and so forth, um, which we're going to talk about, is Radashin. So this concept of after rech the Bale Musar, the ethicists amongst us, the ethicists, the great rabbis, the ethicists, the ethicists, the Bale Musar explained this is called. They coined a new phrase, Ahavat Israel. Love of a fellow Jew. Is Ahavat Israel. Ahavat Israel is the modern terminology used for Viafar Riakamocha. Ahavat Yisrael, Love Israel love Jews. They could also imply love Israel. Love Israel, the state of Israel. We have to love the state of Israel. Why? Because it protects Jews in Israel. Since it protects Jews in Israel, we have to love it. Anything which helps us, we have to love. It's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to the after. Rech is Avad Yisrael, but Literally, it means loving your fellow Jew. Loving Israel. The Rambam is writes mitzvah number 206, positive mitzvah number 206. In 248 positive mitzvah 206. The Rambam says to love every single human being who is part of the covenant. Your fellow members of a covenant. Every single Jew is a fellow member of a covenant. A mitzvah to love fellow members of the covenant, as it says. So we have to love them. Mitzvah We said the Rambam's opinion is. take it literally love them as you love yourself like you love your own body love other people chapter 19 of verse 18 therefore you have to speak good things about them you have to worry about their financial health you have to worry about their money just like you worry about your own and just like you want honor for yourself you should give them honor and worry about their, their honor as well Not to make a mockery of others. So just like you don't want other people to mock you, you shouldn't mock other people. Just like you don't want other people to make fun of you, you shouldn't make fun of others. This is the mitzvah of after Recha and the Rambam. It continues, Rambam continues in the Mishnah Torah, the laws of character traits, which should be compulsory teaching in every single Jewish school. Unfortunately, it's not. And it should be compulsory teaching in every Jewish school, at least in the late uh, elementary school, early high school and later, but not wait till later. I didn't even know this existed till I was around 20 years old. Yeah, this Hilkhot uh, Deod, Rambam, late teens, probably 18, 19, 20 years old. I, I knew this existed. I'm telling you now you can download this anywhere in the world on the internet, it's free. Hilchot De'ot in the Rambam, the laws of character traits in the Rambam. Everyone should read it. It's interesting reading for every single Jew, and even non-Jew should learn it because it's really a higher way of living. It's an ethical uh, way of living with our fellow human beings. Interesting. So it's Hilchot De'ot. I just want to quote. All the things you want other people to do to you. You should do them to your brother in Torah and Mitzvot. So here the Rambam is really he's, he's limiting this idea to those who follow Torah and Mitzvot. The person accepts the brief. He accepts the covenant of doing learning Torah and doing its Mitzvot. You have to do whatever you want for yourself to others. It's a very general statement. And therefore it says there's a mitzvah as said Rabbanan to do givnut chasadim shibugufor. Someone asks you for a ride, try and give them a ride if you can. it's not dangerous to you, you're not going to lose money by doing it. And uh, to visit the sick, as he said, to comfort mourners, to kalah, uh, to help other people get married, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. All the laws of kindness apply through this mitzvah. We have to And uh, in uh, the Ariza said to accept upon oneself this mitzvah before you pray in the morning, because it leads to the joining of our souls. All our souls should all be one soul. We're all creation of God. Before we pray, we should imagine ourselves all praying together. Every single Jew is linked together by their souls. I pray on behalf of all the Jews in the world. You pray on behalf of all the Jews in the world. I'm praying for you. You're praying for me it coalesces all the souls together we come like one community to God, in front of God and God likes that Hashem loves it when we are united just like any parent would love their all their children to be together united together so too, Hashem the, the celestial parent would love to see all his children together not fighting with each other but together Israel Hashem would all be together would all get along together and we will perform this mitzvah. you know it's interesting It says uh, that when the Jews got the Torah at Shavuot, you know, we went through last week's parasha, all the journeys of the Jewish people. The only time that they journeyed as one was when they came to Har Sinai. It says they camped there in the singular. They all camped. says, like one person with one heart. They all camped together. That's why Hashem chose that occasion to give us the Torah. When we were all united, that's when Hashem says, now is the opportune moment to give the Torah. When we are united, it's tremendous strength in the world above. We give tremendous strength in the world above, and Hashem blesses us all. Sim shalom. Osei shalom. shalom. Aleinu. kol Yisrael. should make peace on us. How do we make peace? And the answer is, when we come together as a nation, when we get along with each other, we love each other. That's I just want to go through now a little bit deeper. So, as I mentioned, there's two words for friend one is a chaber, which implies a common denominator. We have common denominator, seminal. it's a friend who you have a link with, a chibur, a link with. The Torah says a rea, a rea is not someone you have a link with, and that's why a husband and wife are called rein. There's no natural link between uh, two people one is from Mars, one is from Venus. Uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. But two absolutely different. We think in different ways completely. So the Torah calls us re'im, Ahobim, beloved re'im. Re'im implies not chaverim, chaverim which there's a natural link. Here's re'im. There's no natural link. We have to love people with which we don't have a natural link with. So the opinion of the Rambam is you have the same care and love for yourself as have, have the same thing, care and love for other people as well. Just like you love ourselves, we love ourselves and our love and pity. We should have love and pity for our brothers and sisters. And uh, that's the Rambam's view. However, the majority view of the great rabbis, Forno, Ramban, Ramban, Nachmanides, Chizkuni, Seferachinu, Shimson Rafal, Hirsch, the Nitziv, all hold the mitzvah is not to have the same love for others as you have for yourself. They say this is impossible. It's physically Impossible for a human being to love others as themselves. Maybe for our children, maybe. Um, And uh, there's no natural love for ourselves that cannot be matched with loving other people. Our natural love for ourselves always comes first. It's impossible to take that love which we have for ourselves, which is instinctive, by the way. It's an instinctive love without which we would not survive. Love of self-protection. Love of oneself is self-protection; is an instinct Hashem provided in us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to live. If a child did not cry when they were hungry; they would not live. Child would not cry when they needed a diaper change; they would not live. So, therefore, it's instinctive. Hashem created child's instinctive self-love. Their needs must be met. Our needs must be met. Kamocha, like you love yourself. In other words, just as soon as your needs are met, then you can work or worry about other people. There's no mitzvah to love them as yourself exactly. The mitzvah is first yourself and then others. Concentric circles. When we see this, you go on an airplane. And they tell you, if you have a child with you, first you put your oxygen mask on, and then you put your child's oxygen mask on. So they, obviously they they learned this halakha from the after. In fact, Rabbi Akiva says, an amazing idea. He said that there's two people in the desert. And there's only one flask of water, which one of them has. And if it's shared between the two, they'll both die. There's only enough water for one person. He says the person with the flask should drink it themselves. How is that jive? He, he said, he's the one who says, is a very important rule in the Torah. Loving your friend as yourself is a very important rule. And the answer is, you come first though. Even though it's meant to love other people as yourself, you come first and then you can love them. It doesn't really mean you have to love them exactly like yourself. Why? It says, Imach. your friend should, your brother should live with you, if you're living he can live with you, but if you're not living there's no mitzvah to help him when you're going to die, so it's first you and then others so what do they say, you have to want good things to happen to others just like you want good things to happen to ourselves we will have to want good things for other people just like we have to want other people to love us. We want other people good things to happen to us. We want, have to have good things to happen to other people. That is what the other commentaries say. Rambam says, no, you have to love them just like yourself. The other commentaries say, no, you have to want good things for them just like you want good things for, you, for yourself. There's no need to love them as yourself. Want, desire things for them just like you desire for yourself. Pray for them the things that you pray for yourself doesn't mean you love them as yourself. But you desire good things for them, just like you desire for yourself. So everything, everyone, good things should happen to everyone. Whenever a person prays for others, pray for yourself. Uh, uh, right? Uh, when, you, when you pray for someone who's sick, and uh, we pray for someone, we the included among everyone else in the people of Israel. So always pray for other people as well. In this way, it's a tremendous prayer and it's in, in also fulfilling this mitzvah of Be'afzal Recha HaKamotah. Uh, that's, that's a tremendously important mitzvah that goes right through human relationships. And uh, that's a, for, a very important idea. So the question now is, does that apply to just Jews or non-Jews as well? And here we have a very important rule, a big discussion between Rabbi Akiva and the Talmud and Ben Azai. Ben-Azai was Rabbi Akiva's son-in-law. Ben-Azai married Rabbi Akiva's daughter. And then he divorced her. Why did he divorce her? So it's interesting, the beautiful Gemara over there. Ben-Azai always said a person should get married. A person should get married. If you don't get married, you're, uh, you're lowering Am Israel. You're, you're, you're causing the Shekhinah to depart from Am Israel because the more Jews in the world, the more God's presence in the world. On the one hand, he said that. On the other hand, he divorced his own wife. So, a student said, "You're very good at giving drashot. You give great speeches, but you don't fulfill them." So Ben Azai says, "What can I do? My desire is for learning Torah. I have no desire for a woman. I don't have that desire. I don't have that. Uh, it's going to remove the chores involved with marriage are too much for me. That I want time to learn Torah." So uh, that's Ben Azai. But when they came to this halakha, Rabbi Akiva said, Rabbi Akiva lost 24,000 students during the Omer, which the Gemara puts down to because they didn't give enough honor to each other. So now we can understand why Rabbi Akiva says this is the major principle of the Torah. Focus on each other. Help each other. Love each other. That is the main principle of the Torah. He lost 24,000 students because they did not fulfill this mitzvah. And that's why he said this is a general rule of the Torah. However, Ben Azai says no, that's not the general rule of the Torah. The main rule of the Torah is that we are all created by God. Hashem created humanity. We're all created by God. Benazai says this applies to universal message. It's not just al Kamoch, not just applies to Jews. This applies to all humanity. Why? Because Hashem, the same God that created us, created everyone. And therefore, there's a mitzvah, just not just of loving one's fellow Jew, there's a mitzvah also of helping other people as well. And it's a very important universal rule. Ben I says it's not just a specific rule for Jews. This is a universal rule that humanity has to help each other. Bezrat Hashem, We will fulfill both ideas. This idea of loving our fellow Jews as ourselves will bring the tikkun, for the three weeks and for Tisha B'Av and we'll see uh, speedily in our days and but also the mitzvah of loving humanity. Why? Because we have a common father. We have a common father in heaven. We are all creations of one God. We're all the creations of one God. We believe in monotheism and the advantage of monotheism is it unifies humanity around the world. There's Rad this message will be broadcast all over the world that every single human being around the world will get along with each other. Enough hatred and fights and uh, splitting into pieces, which is going on not just among the Jews but all around the world. And we'll get together. We'll be united and not untied. We'll be united and not untied. It depends where the eye you put the eye, the ego of a person. Are you are we united or untied? It depends on where the eye, the eye of the ego, the eye in English. The letter I goes in the words "United" or "Untied," but the letter I symbolizes a person's ego. Where you put your I, you put your I in the right place, we are united. The I is in the wrong place; the ego gets involved. We are untied. But Israel Hashem will become united. Sim Shalom ba'Aretz Hashem will put a peace in the world and peace among us and peace among the whole uh, of Israel. Amen. Kenny Yeratzon.